This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki in New Plymouth, thanks to New Zealand On Air. For more local content, search for accessradiotaranaki.com. I'm Pastor Dan Yazel, welcoming you to Grace Notes, an outreach of North Taranaki Methodist Parish. I invite you to sit back and relax, grab a cuppa, and listen. May God surprise us and bless us in this moment. Hello and welcome to Grace Notes. Thank you for tuning in. It's good to have you. Today we'll be considering a passage from John's Gospel, 14th chapter, familiar verse that we've heard Jesus stating that he goes ahead to prepare a room for us and how in his Father's house there are many rooms. We'll consider that today, and I hope that as we gather round with music and with word that we're blessed by the Spirit which is always out to surprise us. Thanks for listening, and welcome to Grace Notes.
first reading comes from the book of Psalms. I'll be reading from Psalm 31, just verses 1 through 5, and then 15 and 16. Let's hear now God's word for us as it comes through the Psalms. In you, O Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to the shame. Deliver me in your righteousness. Turn your ear to me. Come quickly to my rescue. Be my rock of refuge, a strong fortress to save me. Since you are my rock and my fortress, for the sake of your name, lead and guide me. Free me from the trap that is set for me, for you are my refuge. Into your hands I commit my spirit. Redeem, O Lord, the God of truth. Redeem me. My times are in your hands. Deliver me from my enemies and from those who pursue me. Let your face shine upon your servant. Save me in your unfailing love. Here ends our first reading. Thanks be to God. And our New Testament lesson comes from John's Gospel. This is part of what's called the farewell 
discourse of Jesus. Now, at this point, Jesus has just told Peter that Peter will betray him three times. And Jesus knows that his time on earth is short, and he wants to explain to the disciples how things will be after he's gone. Let's listen for God's word as it comes to us now through John's words. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house there are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, If you really knew me, you would know my father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. If you ask me for anything in my name, I will do it. Here ends our reading. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. Dear God, your word is a lamp unto all our feet. Your love is a light that guides us all, calling us home. You've left a light on, and a room is ready. Bless us in our journeys. Surprise us now in the hearing of your word. Help us to hold on to the message you'd have us understand this day. In Jesus' name we pray and ask. Amen. Well, transformation, shifting paradigms, nothing stays the same, how COVID, how so many things have just upset the apple cart, as it were, or caused us to wonder what next. 
their businesses for years have been talking about how you can manage change for as possible, as impossible as that sounds. You know, we know that things change. We know that anything that lives is going to grow and change over time. We go from being infants to teenagers to adults to elderly. We know that anything that lives certainly will one day die. Now, the individuals who are following Christ, we all grow and change as well. And in our text today, Jesus is talking about a real transition, change for the disciples as he sat with them in the upper room. Again, we're going back to the time just before Easter. Jesus is with his closest friends and followers, and he knows what is to come for him, that the cross awaits for him. This is back, and again, we're in Holy Week once more. We, he knows that things are going to be soon so very different, and he's trying to tell them of what the future holds. And he starts here with a very strange command. Don't be afraid. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And I don't ever think that I let my heart be troubled as if I had some kind of choice about it. Sometimes it just is troubled and I can't do anything to fix it in the moment. Jesus says he's going to die and that he is going on to heaven and the disciples would understandably be troubled by what he had to say. But Jesus is making it clear that death will not end their relationship. Things will change dramatically. Yes, yes, there'll be the sting of death. But in fact, believe it or not, the best is yet to come. And they had a hard time grasping that. It can be hard to believe that death leads to something good. Yet our faith centers on everlasting life lived before God. The translation of our text today makes for some engaging word studies. The word that's translated room or mansion or dwelling place in some texts is very closely related to the word abide. Jesus is saying to the disciples, wait for a while and you will have a staying room, a place to abide, a dwelling place forever. In my Father's house, there are many rooms. These words from John's Gospel are often read at funerals. It is a source of comfort to hear Jesus promise that there's a place being made ready for all of us. Within our families and circles of friends, it can be hard to think about, much less even talk about, what life will be like after we or someone we love are gone. Those honest conversations which acknowledge that someday we all must die because we're alive, we must die. It's very hard to have those conversations with family and friends. It seems sometimes we can be more honest, perhaps with a stranger on an airplane or a bus, with our true feelings than with the people who are close to us. 
sometimes there is no more time to put it off, as if, if these conversations are going to happen at all. The passage does raise the question of how we view Jesus. Do we see him as someone who is a, a staying place, one with whom we abide, who will be in relationship with us forevermore? Can we imagine Christ serving us and being with us through and beyond death, as he promises? Once again, I'm thankful for the presence of the disciples in this passage, or as a friend of mine liked to call them, the disciples, because they never got it. They kind of went, duh. Even when Jesus was right there, right in front of them, explaining things to them as plainly as he could, Thomas and Philip heard these words from Jesus, and they each bring questions that Jesus doesn't answer directly, but he uses to point to again to a central truth of faith. Here it is. It's Thursday evening of Holy Week. Jesus is speaking of leaving them, and the disciples are confused and they're bewildered. Thomas says, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? He wanted directions. They needed answers, some specific ones. And Jesus spoke about where he was going and that they would know the way, just like us. At such a time, they, you know, they wanted a map, something laid out in black and white, or better yet, living color, a, a map, a GPS setting that could be read, studied, understood. Thomas's question was a good one. Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Now, perhaps they had some ideas. Jesus had been teaching them and talking with them for quite some time now, but they never fully understood. They still had questions. Just like us, they had questions. It's so often our questions that worry us and keep us at a distance from God. There are some Christians and many non-Christians who worry about this statement of Jesus when he says, I am the way. Some feel that the words are a formula that you must jump through and say exactly the right words to get through the hoop. Modern minds often see these words as restrictive and limiting and narrow. So, so people ask, surely Jesus didn't mean the only way, did he? Like the disciples who wanted everything mapped out, we too want explanations as clear as possible. We worry because we don't know the full answers to all of our questions, Jesus says simply, don't worry, don't be troubled, I am the way. What Jesus is telling us by that his death and resurrection, he opened up the way into God's presence. The meaning of the resurrection for us is that we can find our way too into God's presence. Jesus shows us the way, here it is, this is the way, come on in. You will be where I am, welcome into the presence of God. Jesus makes it obvious the way into God's presence when he says, I'm the way, but he's telling us to have someone to follow, to help us as we go through the worries and the troubles of life. It's not a roadmap that we need, but the person of Jesus walking with us, alongside us, before us and behind us, the cornerstone of Jewish faith and Jesus' teaching is 
the great Shema. That's found in Deuteronomy 6, 5. The same words from the, that form the content of the first and the great commandment to us given by Jesus. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And what it reminds us of is this. We cannot find God only in our minds. We cannot find God only in our bodies. We cannot find God only in our feelings or in our intuition. No, we find God in the same way that God finds us, in our thinking and in our feeling and in our imagining and in our experiencing and in all the intricate nuances of God's astounding presence. We sense and experience God in a multitude of ways, and God never runs out of ways to break into our worlds and show us. When Philip boldly and foolishly says, show us God, Jesus said, you've seen God in my words and in my actions. Believe, and you will do even more. Jesus is talking about an ongoing relationship, a walking and abiding with God. He doesn't intend for us to sit simply in the nourishing presence of God. Life in God's presence is a journey, a difficult journey, a journey with many worries and troubles. Coming into God's comforting and nourishing presence begins the journey. The door stands open. The welcome mat is set out. But we must go in. Sometimes our questions worry us so much that we miss seeing the way through Jesus. Jesus gives us something better than a map when he says, I am the way. Jesus assures us that nothing, not even our questions, can worry us or trouble us when we are in the presence of God. Jesus meant something still more by his words, I am the way, when he puts up the welcome sign into God's comforting and nourishing presence. He gives us more than comfort in this life, more than his personal presence on the path of life. With these words, Jesus tells us also that we don't have to worry about our future. Jesus is telling us that he will show us the way home and that a place has been prepared. We don't have to be troubled about death. And that's the rest of the story about what Jesus means when he says, I'm the way. That there is something more waiting for us beyond this life, and that he will take us there. Jesus means to show us our way home. When life gives us any of so many troubles, cancer, when we get tripped up by divorce or separation or the death of a spouse or a child or when poor communications between partners or children, parents, when human relationships become difficult to traverse, that's when we really learn the secret about the trials of life. That's when we learn what it is that to realize that Jesus Christ himself who walks with us that he's helping to show us to our final destination, that place that is beyond this life, that place for which nothing in this life can prepare us, that place which Jesus himself has prepared for us, our abiding place, our everlasting relationship with God, 
Jesus joins us in all of our humanity, in all of our trials, to show us and assure us as he leads us there. Thanks be to God. Amen. So that's all for today. I hope you've caught a glimpse of grace through this time. You're invited to join us for worship and fellowship Sundays at 10 a.m. at New Plymouth Methodist Church, the corner of Weardit and Powderham Street. Until next week, God's grace and peace be with you. This show was first broadcast on Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM, thanks to New Zealand On Air.